and welcome to the Captain Not Captive podcast. I'm your host and creator, Ashley Wilson. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope to inspire you in your relationships, parenthood, career, and navigate the full human experience. I truly believe you have what it takes to create and live the life you've always dreamed of. You are the captain of your choices, no matter where you came from or what's in your past. I'm not saying I have all of the answers, but I'm here to pour love, lessons, and tactical advice to bring you new perspectives into who you were truly meant to be, all while having some fun. Let's do this. Hi, and welcome back to Captain Not Captive podcast. Thanks for tuning into today's show. So today's episode is actually going to be a little bit different than every other episode I've done so far. And full disclaimer, I am not great at this topic. I'm not an expert by any means, but I think I think this topic is really, really valuable. And that, that's kind of a pun. But I think talking about financials, talking about um increasing your value and not just from a financial standpoint, but also the way you feel about yourself. Um, I think it's really important because nobody wants to be transparent about money or about, you know, the struggles that they've had. Um, people just seem to want to, you know, flaunt it or talk about it once they've figured it out, right? But nobody really wants to talk about how they got to where they were until they have quote unquote made it, right? So, you know, today's episode is going to be about um, financials and kind of like some tips and um, I guess just an understanding of like how I got to where I am today and not that like I make buku bucks, not that I have it all figured out. Obviously I am like, you know, average middle class. However, for only being 25 and for proudly, you know, over doubling my income in one year, I think that's really fantastic and something to be proud of. And there are moments in our lives where we're allowed to be proud of ourselves. And that is something that I'm, I am proud of. So, you know, just to, you know, I want to give you guys a backstory on how I grew up as a kid and really the, the values that were instilled in me as a child. So, you know, in all transparency, this is not like a dig on my mom. This isn't like a pity story. This is just me being open and transparent with you guys. So that way you guys really get an understanding of like where I'm coming from. So as a kid, you guys know my dad passed away when I was really little. I was six. And even before then, I mean, for generations, really, um, my family has struggled financially. And um, I mean, there's there's a multitude of things that go into that. I don't think I have to explain why some people live in poverty. Um, you know, for my dad, it was a drug addiction. And he unfortunately couldn't hold any money because he was too busy spending it. Um, and my mom, unfortunately, just had really poor money management. And then as I got older, I kind of realized like her, her work ethic didn't improve over time. It it wasn't consistent enough to last. Um, you know, she would get different jobs from time to time to kind of make it work for what we needed at the moment. But it was a lot of like, we didn't have enough money to get by. It was a lot of like, sorry guys, we don't have any gas. So we're going to heat the house with the oven. You know, it was, it wasn't your typical childhood of, you know, food, water, shelter. It was sometimes shelter and we had food in the beginning of the month because that's when the government gave us food, right? So, I mean, in terms of money management, 
what I saw growing up was that if you had money or if you weren't struggling, then you acted like you were better than everybody else. And you, um, you know, you were stuck up and you had things handed to you and, you know, for whatever reason, God favored you over, you know, the, the poor people like me and my family. And so that's part of the reason why I struggled a lot as a kid. Um, just because I knew that like my family didn't have the money and the experiences and the, the leisure of not having to worry about if you're going to have everything that you need. Right. Um, and so kind of what changed my mind as a kid, because like I said, this is like a generational thing, right? Like I don't want to really call it a curse, but almost right. Like my mom and her parents, and I, I don't know how, how long the line went of poverty, right? But it's like for generations, my family has struggled with poverty. And I mean, I could sit here and tell you guys, like my kids changed my mind and I, I want to, you know, provide 100% um, stability for my kids. And like, that is true, right? Like I I am and I do, but really like that wasn't what changed my mind about money. It wasn't, it wasn't to provide for my kids because quite honestly, like water, food and shelter are bare minimum, right? Like for me, I'm like, I want more, I want better. And I know some of you relate to this of like, how do I get better or how do I exceed what was given to me as a child, right? Like how do I take that even though it wasn't much? What can I learn from that? What can I pull from that to better myself for the future? And so for me, like providing those minimal life basics for my kids really weren't negotiable, right? So they were like bottom line. And, you know, beyond that, it was like, I saw the amount of stress. I saw the amount of worry and sadness growing up. Um, Like I, I could tell that like, on Christmas morning, when we didn't have very many gifts to open, like, I just remember, like, we would have to, like, tell my mom, hey, it's okay that we didn't get a whole lot for Christmas. Like, we're just thankful that you could get us anything. Thank you. And, and it did teach us lessons of being thankful for what we do have, because there were times that we did go without. Um, you know, there were times where family members stepped in or churches or whatever stepped in and like adopted us and and gave us gifts or whatever. But I mean, it wasn't about the gifts, right? But it was a lesson for me knowing that like, I won't do that to my kids. My kids won't have that same experience. So it's not just like those bare minimum basics, right? But it's like, how do I provide my kids with a life that they're proud of? And that doesn't mean handing them everything. That doesn't mean, you know, providing them with something that is unusual, right? But it's, it's a matter of how do I make my kids feel secure enough that way when they grow up, they don't have to try to break the same cycle. Um, and then also like just for myself, it was like a peace of mind and that you guys might, might feel that too, of like the amount of stress that like our parents were under when, when we were little, I just feel like my mom was always worried about money. She's always stressed. I always heard like, we don't have any money. Like we can't afford that. Like I can't, we can't buy that. We can't go out to eat. We can't, you know, we can't, 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 can't. And, you know, it was like, for me, it it felt like if I learned how to manage my money, no matter how much money I was making, right. If I learned how to manage my money, then I won't have that stress. I won't have that worry. I won't have that feeling of, uh uh-oh, what am I going to do? And then also like watching the other kids growing up and knowing that I didn't get to live the same experience as they did, right? 
I had a couple friends in high school who, um, took me to Zimbizi Bay, or I had one friend one time who took me to Kalahari. Um, and it was like those experiences I had never had in my entire life. And I was so grateful that they invited me and they allowed me to come with them and their family. Um, but also at the same time, I kind of realized like, how much other shit am I missing out on? Right? Like what else is out there that like these kids get to experience that I've never had before. And I realized like growing up, like it's those experiences, it's the fun, it's the joy, it's the curiosity lens that I want to provide for my kids. Um, so those three things, I mean, really like are what inspired me to really start taking control of my money. Um, and so, you know, it, it was one of those things like, okay, I know I want to do better, but how do I do that? Right. Um, and to be transparent with you, it took me a really long time to find my own value, um, and to decide what I'm worth. And I think, I think today's job market really had an impact on that, um, in terms of like what the jobs available out there really are. Um, you know, I'm going to be transparent on this podcast about money and, and some, some challenges that I've had. And if you judge me for it, then that's, that's fine. But you know what? I hope, I hope there are those of you who, who find value in it and know that like, you're not alone. It is normal to not understand or to struggle. It's normal to make mistakes. Um, it's normal to have to make really hard decisions sometimes. And, uh, the, the important things that we're learning and growing through, right? It's like, yes, I may fall down and make a mistake or have a failure, but going forward, how do I learn from that? So, um, you know, some of the things that I did, um, just a year ago ish, um, I had actually started working at a bank, um, here in town where I live. And it was one of those, like, I knew that I could make it work. Right. It was almost like I, like I was being paid like, I don't know, 15 or 16 bucks an hour or something like that. And I was like, if I make this minimum amount of money, I know that I can pay my bills and I can pay the babysitter to watch my kids. Um, and at that point it was like, I was working for nothing, right? At the, like I'm paying all my bills, I'm paying the babysitter. I'm left with absolutely zero. Um, but like at the time I felt like that was right. I felt like it was the right move for me. And I was only there for a couple of weeks and I got a phone call with a different job opportunity. Um, and I, I quickly took it because I knew like this exceeding my limits, right? So like if something, like if I didn't have any savings saved up, if I didn't have any, any backup plan, right? It's like, I wouldn't like if my tire went flat or, you know, we had a medical bill or something came up, like then we're in this situation of like, oh, what do we do? Um, and luckily my husband, I should have him on this episode because he has way better money management than I do. I think he spends more money than I do, but he also saves more money than I do. So (laughs) it all balances out in the end. Right. Um, but it's like how, like, what's my baseline, right? So you take all of your bills and you're like, here's what I need to pay every month or every week. Right. And then it's like, what, what is my time away from my family worth, right? What is my value? And not just in terms of like what I can provide in the workspace, but also like for you to take me away from my children and my family, what is that worth? And that sounds horrible. Like, and I don't mean that as in like you're putting a price on your children or your family, but I mean, if I'm going to invest my time in a company instead of my family, 
what is what does that exchange look like? Where's the value? And I don't only mean in your salary. I don't, I mean, like not just in vacation, right? But also, um, you know, what's the environment you're putting yourself in, right? Are you exceeding your emotional limits? What does your retirement look like? That's absolutely huge, right? Are you going to put in 30 years of work and not get much out of it? Or are you going to get your return on investment and then some, right? So it's not just about your hourly wage or your salary. It's about the entire investment, right? So some things that I had done early on that I think are like super impactful to where I'm at financially now. Um, as soon as I turned 18, I got a credit card. And you guys are going to be like, what the fuck, Ashley? Like, what are you, you're giving me horrible advice. No, I'm not. I got a credit card at 18. And I think it had at the time like a $300 or $500 limit on it. Um, so mind you, at the time, like I had just graduated high school. I was, you know, fresh into college. I was serving and I didn't make a lot of money, right? So I wasn't approved for a lot of credit, which was good. Um, and I'm not going to lie to you. I maxed that thing out all of the time. I mean, like all of the time that thing was maxed out. Um, and I mean, like not admittedly being like proud about that, right? But like when you're in college and, and you don't have the money management skills that you have now, right? It's easy to fall into that trap of, oh, well, I have this backup or I can go buy booze with this or I can, you know, like I, this is me being real with you guys. I'm telling you, like, it's, it's one of those of like, you live and you learn. I am, I am happy that I did get myself a credit card at 18. I did learn that paying off the credit card is what's going to build your credit. Um, obviously if you guys have taken any financial courses, you know, that leaving the balance on there really isn't great for your credit. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, it was, what had happened was I had actually gotten a car accident and I totaled my car. And in that moment, I had this freak out of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, I had realized that over the past few years, I had actually been building credit. And so I was approved for a car, which was fantastic. I was approved for, I don't know, I think it was like $11,000. And I bought myself at the time, it was, it was in 20, 2017, I believe is when I had my accident. And I bought this Lancer, this Mitsubishi Lancer that I was absolutely obsessed with. And I was so proud that I got it. And, and then two months later, I hit a deer with it and I totaled it. And so at this point I had learned, um, about gap insurance. And so the car was paid off. I didn't have to worry about any of that, but it was, oh shit, now I have to get another car. Um, and so that was definitely a struggle. I don't recommend totaling two cars in two months. However, I did learn a lot in this process about how credit cards impact your credit, how having utilities in your name impacts your credit and, you know, having a car payment. I mean, even if it was just for two months, right. But I did take out the loan and I did pay off the loan in two months. Right. So that was, that was pretty incredible as well. Um, just the turnaround on that was, was crazy to watch on my credits. Um, not that I like run it all the time, but I do use like credit karma or whatever. So anyway, um, then I was able, once I built enough credit through my next car payment, um, you know, I had a credit card, I had two, you know, one car payment that had been paid off and a new car payment that I had been currently paying on. Um, I was able to get a mortgage, which is absolutely insane for a, I think I was 22. I just turned 22 in November and I took out a mortgage in April. It was like March, April. 
which is insane. Like 22 years old with a mortgage by my absolute self, right? My husband was there. We were together. However, at the time, I the mortgage was was just me. Um, and it was absolutely insane. My husband will tell you the story about, I was like, I, I bought this house. Like, here we go. We're going to move. And he was like, great. And as soon as we moved, he quit his job. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Um, so the moral of the story is I, through trial and error, learned how to build my credit. And it's kind of ebbs and flows, right? Of like, getting new credit under your name um, versus paying it off, that kind of thing, and and what you're really getting on your return from these investments that you're doing. Um, But the biggest thing that I learned in the last year, and, you know, to go along with the title of this podcast, um, you know, doubling my income in less, well, not less than, really, it was like 14 months. Um, Doubling my income in 14 months is something that I'm super proud of. And this is how I did it. So, you know, what I did was I decided what that, sorry, I'm kind of going back. I was scatterbrained there for a minute, but I'm going to go back to how I found my own value. So like I said, how much, how much actual monies, how many dollars do I need to pay my bills? What are, what's my absolute minimum, right? But remember, this is how I started at the bank and I wasn't making any money I was stressed if, you know, it, I wasn't there very long, but if something would have happened in that time frame, I wouldn't have had a lot of backup money, blah, 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 that kind of stuff if my husband hadn't and I hadn't been together. So I'm just strictly saying like just my income alone, right? So had I been by myself, this income wouldn't have worked long-term, right? I would have been in financial crisis. It wouldn't have worked. Um, and asking your boss for a raise just because you suck at money management <laughs> doesn't work. Um, and the second thing I did, you know, was what do I need in order to be able to have the flexibility that I need? And through that, like I did not budget at maximum capacity. So if you're saying, okay, I need, you know, I need $700 a a week to pay all of my bills, your net income better not be less than your $700, right? Like that's your absolute cannot. And if that's the case, something my husband and I do, which works out very well, I mean, I'm salary now and he's hourly, but so like if you need $700, you divide that by how many hours that is, right? So if you make, you know, 25 bucks an hour, take $700, divide it by 25. And that's how many hours you need to work a week in order to pay the bare minimum of your bills. And that should not equal 40 hours. I'm telling you, it should not equal 40 hours. Whatever that is, whatever your income, you know, if your non-negotiables are, you know, $500 a week, whatever that looks like for you, that should not be you have to work 40 hours that week because you never know when you're going to get sick, if you're going to be laid off, if you, uh, if your kid is sick, if you, you know, like you never know when you're not going to be able to work that 40 hour a week. And don't even get me started on overtime. Don't count on your overtime because companies are not responsible for making sure that they give you any overtime at all. Okay. So usually what Devin and I do is, um, usually about half, half to, you know, 60 ish percent of our income is what we need for our bills, right? So he could work 20 hours a week with the income he has now, and we would still be able to pay all of our bills just fine. And, you know, now, same with me, right? If I if I weren't salary and I were hourly, right? So if I made the same amount of income and I only worked 20 hours a week, I would still be able to pay my bills, bare minimum, 
right? So a year ago, I was at my maximum capacity of I have to work 40 hours just to pay the bills. And now I'm at, I can work 20 hours and still pay my bills, right? So that other half or that other 40% is going toward um, things that maybe you didn't foresee coming or maybe spontaneous trips like Um, I don't know, Avery and I over the weekend spontaneously went to Pennsylvania to visit my brother and my sister-in-law and and my niece and nephew. Um, Or maybe it's, oh, hey, by the way, my kid now wants to do tumbling and I have to pay an extra $100 a month for that now. It's like these things that come up that you never know are going to come up. Oh, hey, I need an oil change. I need new tires. I need, you know, whatever that case might be of, oh, hey, by the way, you need dental work and you, you know, your insurance isn't covered or whatever that it looks like for you, right? But now you can take that other 40 to 50% and know for a fact, okay, I work 40 hours a week. I have extra money. If I work 20 hours a week, I know that my bills are paid and I just won't be able to save or spend as much this week. Um, That's something that has worked out really well for Devin and I. Um, I'm still kind of getting into the swing of it. It was actually Devin's idea and he is fantastic at it. And I think we we work really well as a team doing that. Um, But also something that I highly recommend is not budgeting every single dollar you make. So I've done this a million times, right? Of oh, I make, you know, $60,000 a year and between all of my bills and, you know, like my mortgage, my car payment, my babysitter, my groceries, my utilities, whatever that looks like, my phone bill, all all of that shouldn't equal your salary. Or, you know, even if you are budgeting things in like emergency services or, you know, clothing, which you should be budgeting for because you know for a fact you're going to buy shit on Amazon, right? Right. Like if you are budgeting all of these things in, I highly don't recommend budgeting to a T. Um, I am an organizational person. I am type A. I am very organized and structured, but also something that does not work for me is trying to budget every single dollar that I have. Because if I go to Target and I spend 200 bucks and I didn't budget that, and then suddenly my whole budget is thrown off and I feel like absolute dog shit. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I knew better than that. Now I have to rearrange my budget. Whereas if I leave some flexibility in there and say, okay, you know, my spending for this week, I can, you know, I can spend, you know, 150 bucks this week on whatever I want to spend it on. That way I'm not saying, oh, I've got this much, you know, I've got 20 bucks for this and 30 bucks for this and 50 bucks for this and, you know, breaking it down dollar by dollar or, you know, 20 bucks on coffee and whatever. That way I'm giving myself the flexibility to decide what actually works for us this week. What do we need this week? Maybe we're going to go out to Baker's twice this week and I need the extras for, you know, going out to eat or whatever the case might be. And so not budgeting to the exact dollar has worked out really, really well for me. Um, it might not for you. Maybe you are a dollar by dollar person. But my my biggest advice that I have to you is not to budget to your maximum capacity, right? Budget to that you know, that 50 or 60%. And then the rest of it is just extra cash flow for savings or spending. Um, I could go all day uh, about financials. Not that I'm an expert, but real quick tips. You always have to pay yourself first, right? So when I say that extra, you know, 50 to, you know, 40 to 50% of cash flow, that's after you've paid yourself, that's after you've put money into your life insurance. That's after you've put money into your savings or, you know, whatever your, you know, maybe it's your stock plan or, you know, your IRA or whatever. 
that other percentage of your extra cash flow does not include your budgeted funds for the future, okay? So that that's just one piece of advice that I have. Um, also, if you if you don't have life insurance, you should you should probably have life insurance because um, death is inevitable and I don't want you to leave the burden of your financials onto your husband or your family or your spouse or your wife or whoever. So I'm a big advocate for life insurance. I think a lot of people have too much life insurance. I think some people get sold on it, right? I think some people um, think that they need way more than what they actually need, uh, but I do think life insurance is essential. So, um, But essentially, you know, going from just to kind of wrap this up in a bow for you. I know I've been talking forever, but I, I feel like I could literally talk for hours and hours and hours about this topic um, because, I mean, it consumes my life, right? Like, this is what I do on a day-to-day basis, and I figured this out for a really long time. Um, but it's like where I started as a kid of, you know, not always having what I needed, you know, not having the bare minimums, watching my mom struggle, watching, you know, all these other kids get all these experiences that I never had, um, you know, changed my mindset from what can I do to make sure that I don't have to live that way, right? And it took me a long time to realize um, some of these concepts that I've talked to you about. And like I said, my husband has been extremely helpful, which is very interesting because he comes from a very similar family background when it comes to financials. So it's very interesting that he's really great at money management. Um, and he's like, he's not a reader. He's not a I don't know. He's just super smart. And I, I definitely need to give him credit for this podcast episode because he really <laughs> has has driven this home for me. Um, but, you know, essentially it's like I started out roughly a year ago at $15 an hour. I don't know. It was like 15 or 17. I can't remember, honestly, um, at my maximum capacity because when I took this job, I said, here's my minimum I need to make to pay my bills. Whereas over time and through a a few position changes, right, I now make, you know, more than, you know, I don't know. I feel weird. Should I tell you? I don't, I don't know. Do I tell you guys how much I make? Is that weird? Is that not weird? I don't know. I will tell you, I make between, you know, 60 and 80,000 a year. Okay. In the middle, roughly of that. Um, And it's like, I literally went from $15 an hour to that in, in a little over a year. And it was strictly because, I mean, number one, I did finish my degree, right? Um, in early 2022, I finished my bachelor's degree. So that does make a difference in, um, you know, what my resume looks like, but I'm telling you, most of it is confidence in myself and realizing that I'm not supposed to live just to be able to pay my bills. And if this employer can't see my value, then I don't deserve to work there right? If I learn my value, if I learn what I'm worth because of what I can provide to my kids, because of the peace of mind that I deserve, because my family deserves new experiences that we haven't experienced before, right? If I'm trying to break this generational curse of, I don't have to be bad at money. I can save money. I can retire at a normal age. First of all, I can retire. I don't even know anyone in my family that I can think of. I mean, maybe like two people, that actually retired and stayed retired because they had enough money to do so, right? So it's like these these goals, these things that I'm working toward, they all have a purpose, right? And it's not just because I want to buy bougie shit. It's not because I want to have the fancy house and the fancy car, right? It's because I want to have a different life and provide different experiences and be able to do the things that I 
wasn't able to do as a kid, right? My kids have never one time worried if we're going to have lights or if we're going to have water or if our house is going to be warm in the winter, right? Or fuck it, even air conditions itself in the summer, you know? Like I never had central air growing up. Like that was like for rich people, you know? Like that wasn't a thing. You put a box fan in the window and you just pray that it gets cold at night, you know? But it was it was that turn of mindset of this is my value. This is what I'm worth. And I'm not negotiating anything else. And I only looked for positions, only looked for jobs that made sense, not just from a salary standpoint, but from an emotional capacity standpoint, a financial capacity standpoint and longevity, right? So like those extra things, like I was talking about 401k and, you know, maybe it's stock options and maybe it's, you know, for me right now, it's like parental leave and those kinds of things, right? So finding, you know, the place that really is going to pour value into you while you're pouring value into them. Um, And that's how you're going to get your return on really the life that you're looking for financially for you and your family. So I hope this episode was cool. I hope it, you know, was, was tactical and helpful for you. Um, You know, going forward, I, like I said, I'm definitely not an expert by any means, but I hope that I was able to help you today. Hope you have a fantastic week and I will see you next week on the podcast. See ya.